This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. And welcome to Property Jam, where we talk about everything to do with the human side of property. Uh, and this week, we've got an extra guest in, uh, in the show with us. Uh, an we've extra got special Helen, guest, I think you mean. Extra special guest? <laughs> a plus one. She is a property sister. <laughs> she is. So we've got Helen Chorley with us this week. Uh, so welcome, Helen. Thank you Hello. for joining us. Hello. So do you Thank tell, you. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about you and uh, your background in property? Sure, sure. Yeah, I am a property sister, so I've been having some good chats with Joe on there, and obviously I've been doing the LinkedIn uh, challenges with you guys this week. Um, my background, so I'm kind of a development investor. I don't do my own deals, but I invest in other people's deals, be that through crowdfunding or I invest direct with developers themselves into their projects, um, kind of, you know, across the board, any type. It could be resi, commercial, you know, permitted development, whatever. Um, my background, I'm, um, don't hate me, I'm investment banking. But I've, been, I've, been, <laughs> <laughs> I've been out of it a long time. I got out, actually it was a spectacular time, and I got out just just pre-credit crunch in 2008. Um, actually, I made myself really ill, that's why I had to get out. Um, and then I kind of tried a few different things, um, kind of stumbled into property, tried a few different things in property like home staging because I love that design element but oh my god that was even more stressful than working on the trading floor um <laughs> oh my god oh my god seriously and I, I reckon my my pound per hour was honestly I reckon I earned about 25p an hour what? I, oh, wow. I put I put I, I put so much effort into those things and you needed to be a psychologist and a, and a kind of therapist as well as staging people's houses. No, that was far too much hard work. You have quite um, a few hats, don't you? Yeah, there's a lot of hats. Need to, I, I feel like we need to explore that, uh, that aspect in particular because the, the, the psychology of staging a house sounds insane. Oh, seriously. I'm going yeah, to keep a note of how many jobs you've got. Okay. That's two so far. Right. No, three. Oh, three. oh, I've had about this this week. Well, since lockdown, I reckon I've had about 45. I've been everything <laughs> from a financial consultant, a taxi driver, personal shopper, property expert, uh, you know, oh, psychologist. Yeah. Fashion, fashion, you know, um, Telling my mum like what to wear. Oh my god! Social oh, media sweet. guru, <laughs> social media guru. podcaster, podcaster, um, yeah. writer, <laughs> jack, jack of all trades, master of none. I think is, is, where I, is the level I'm at right at the moment. Yes, the um, lockdown is. But I got into kind of investing kind of about four or five years ago. Um, I thought I, I really believed naively all the hype about it can be passive, um, <laughs> and yeah, the how's, yeah, how's that one working out for me? I think I did a thing on that this week, didn't I? How's that working out for me? Not so well. The, yeah. the investments are the passive isn't. Maybe I'm just not the right type of personality that can be passive. I think there's an element of that to it as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but you know, but I'm loving it. I um, it's really funny, you know. I, all the stars aligned one night. I rocked up to one of these property networking events in London, met some super people. I still invest with some of those people that I met. They're my kind of tribe, my gang. And, and, um, and yeah, and I just, I really love it. And I love the bit that I do. 
like I say, I just wish it was a little more passive. You know, I live in Malta. That's why I moved to Malta to be more passive. But that's not doesn't seem to be what the universe has planned for me right now. <laughs> but that's really interesting. I wonder if that's because I mean, when you say passive, I suppose what I guess we always take from that is it's just serving its purpose. It's sustaining its function as giving you returns on your investment. But is the lack of passivity? Yeah, I said passivity. Thank you very much. <laughs> is the lack of passivity coming from your desire to be quite hands-on with it? Do you think, or is it just the way it's worked out? You you've ended up having to be involved. Um, I think to do it kind of properly, and you know, and I'm saying my version of properly here is, you know, maybe if I just relied on everybody else's due diligence or or maybe if I was less cynical, I suppose, and I believed everything I was told, I took everybody else's numbers, I believed their GDV and I didn't check out their comparables, oh. then maybe I'd, you know, be like, yeah, yeah, have my money, there you go. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's just not the way I do things. I, I want to understand the numbers. Where did they come from? Where did it, how did you calculate that? And what, you know, I'm a real kind of detail person yeah. in, in that respect. So... I think that's important yes. in any investment that you do, though. Um, to I don't think anyone should take you know, GDVs and the, 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 yeah, it should be taken with a pinch of salt. And, Huge. Um, I do. It, I do. With, with a spoonful of salt or a digger. I did a pre- presentation. I wish I had a picture with me. I did a presentation in, in London last summer, and that's how I started. And I'm like, I showed everybody like a, you know, a teaspoon of salt. I'm like, what's this teaspoon of salt? And then I switched to like an industrial picture of a salt mine and it had this <laughs> mountain of salt. And I'm like, that's my size pinch of salt. You know, yeah. some people call me cynical, skeptical. Sure, I've been called far worse, but <laughs> that's... <laughs> but, but when that's... it works, it works. <laughs> well, listen, you, you found something that works for you and you said you love doing it. So even though it's not passive... I think it's, no. it, it doesn't really matter, I guess, if you're loving it. No, you know, it is very kind of mentally stimulating. I'm like, work, and it is kind of like a puzzle to me. How, how does all this work out? And what does that mean? And what does that mean? Let's go and ask these questions. So, no, it is. It just does just take a long time. But I think the more you do, the more you get an intuitive kind of feel about, about it and, and the people as well. So, you know, and like I say, I get to, I'm really lucky. I get to choose who I work with, which is fab. So I only work with people that, that I want to work with, that I like. And we've built up that trust that we, again, we've been talking about loads this week, haven't we? Oh, haven't we? Yeah, Jeff? yeah, it's been yeah, amazing. So yeah. uh, for listeners who, uh, you probably know, um, we've been doing five days of goodness knows what over the last five weeks. This, and we've well, covered this week was investing, investing, I believe. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. I yeah. think I'm getting confused now. I know. Because <laughs> we've covered so many topics, haven't we? And we've talked about, so we've gone from everything from like positivity to protecting your business to property to coaching and then most recently we talked about investing and Helen you've just you've like had the probably the most active voice on that campaign that we ran on LinkedIn because I think this because as soon as I said it on our property sisterhood group you were like I am on this amen sister look out it's coming and it you you're right because I think one of the the aspects that has come through this week is that, that what you said about trust and hearing it from the investor side of the fence, which is a very quiet voice in yeah, usually worlds, right. So yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about it. Like, I mean, that's why you know people started asking me to do kind of more talks and things last year, and again, it's not the way I've really had it had it planned at all. But there isn't many people out there 
you know, investors talking about that side of it. So how as a developer do you, you know, or as an investor, you know, accumulating stuff, how do you know what the investors are thinking? You might know what your investors are thinking and that's great. And I would really hope that people do, you know, and we've talked a lot about talk to them, ask them what they want, what's important to them. Are your values aligned? And don't be afraid to kind of say, you know what, I think we kind of want different things at the moment. But yeah. generally, you know, unless you're out there speaking to hundreds of investors, how do, how do you know? And, you know, one of the articles this week is, what is an investor? An investor is not a pint of milk, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, it, it, a pint of milk, it doesn't matter. You do you buy it at Harris or you buy it a little. It's the same generic product. An investor's not. Even, you know, so there's a whole spectrum of sophistication, of risk appetite, of, you know, kind of the amounts that they have. And even within that spectrum, you know, I put myself, obviously, because of my background, more at the sophisticated end. But I will have very, I'm very naturally kind of very risk averse. You might get somebody that's much kind of, you know, got a higher risk appetite. So what we will want, what we will look for, yes, there's some kind of, you know, generic kind of stuff. But that could vary wildly. Something that might be a no-go for me, somebody else would jump happily into. So, you know, it's really horses for courses. No. Oh, gosh, no. No, no, no. No, I think think as a general guide, I think the more questions you ask, the better. Yes. Um, But my way is, is just the way I do it. And that suits me. It suits my where I am in life what I want out of life that that my driver is really capital preservation do I need to triple my money in the next three months no I don't if you do you'd go take a very different kind of approach and knock yourself out but that's not that's going to be different to me yeah I think it's really go on go on Matthew go speak well I was going to move us to the uh, ultimate question that we always ask our guests within um, Property Jam and and I, I think I can have a guess as to what the answer is going to be. I think we've already started talking about it, but what is the human side of property to Helen Jolly? What does it mean to you? The human side, you know, maybe it's cliche, but, but property is a people business. You know, yes, my background is finance. I am very numbers and spreadsheet driven, but I did a panel a couple of weeks ago and they were asking me what you look for in in kind of a developer. Why do you choose a developer and a deal? And actually everything I listed there were the human traits, were the, you know, can you have an honest conversation? Can you be brave enough to have an honest conversation? You know, is there transparency? Is there accountability? You know, and, and it's those kind of personal qualities. Yes, clearly the deal's got to stack as well. But beyond that, when a deal, so if you've got 10 deals in front of you and they're all much of a muchness, much, much the same return, much the same kind of risk, then how do you choose? You know, and, it, and that's where it comes down to, to the person and the people. And I guess, you know, like we have touched on, I just feel like the investors need a little bit more of a voice, kind of particularly at the moment, because times are challenging. Everybody is, you know, under stress, even if they realise they are or not um and kind of sorting out their own you know projects or you know we've got some stuff being built at the moment and clearly there's challenges with kind of ongoing developments but there's challenges even if you're trying to buy or trying to sell um and I just don't want kind of the message to get lost that well even though the investors aren't kind of in your face in front of you every day they're still involved in these deals you know it's we're in this. This is our deal too. As passive, and some some might hand the money over, and you don't speak to them for a year. You know, each to their own. But they're still involved in the deal, and it's really still nice to keep in contact with them, 
even if there's nothing to say, there's to yes. say, you know, we, we still can't do anything because the solicitors aren't working. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for the, for the communication. I think that's one of the biggest threads that's come through over the last LinkedIn week where we've been talking about investing is communication. Trust and communication have come up so much. And the thing is, trust has to be established first and foremost, doesn't it? And then trust is not a one dimensional thing. Trust evolves. So oh, yeah. trust evolves from communication. You start to lose trust because you can mm-hmm. lose it very quickly if you don't keep communicating. And yeah, I, I, I think that theme has probably been the biggest take home from that campaign this week is that keep the communication strong, keep it consistent. Even yeah. it is, as you say, there's not a lot to say. It's better to know that there's nothing to say. So you feel like you're still connected to that project because you have a stake in it, right? Like you, it's, you're yeah, being, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, even if you've got, you know, the deal is, is secure, there's an asset behind it, your money is still on the line, right? I, right. I still want to know. And particularly when other parts of our lives are stressful, the focus on money and income and any capital at risk is going to be even higher. I was mm. um, talking on the property um, event last night and, and saying, they're saying, kind of, how do we speak to investors? What you need to speak, speak even more, whatever scale of the, um, you know, kind of the professional level or, un- you know, not professional, amateur level, they are, we're mostly concerned about security. Convince me you're not going to lose my money. Yeah. What, what's the, and what's the plan? What's the plan if prices go down? You know, and, and talk through all those scenarios. And that's honestly, that's as much for you guys, the developers, as it is for the investors. If you can have those conversations and you can show that you're brave enough and, and you know, you'll be vulnerable enough to have those conversations early on, like this could happen, this could happen, then that's all part of that of that process of establishing trust. Yeah. Yeah. And like that that's Lee gives the both parties the opportunity then to decide whether they want to continue the conversation or go further. We've had I think you, you did touch on this earlier as well, Helen, that you know sometimes it's best to say no. Doesn't necessarily mean that the deal is not right or not good, but if it's not right for you, it's better to walk away. And that goes both for the developer and for the investor, because we've have had that experience in the past, and it it hasn't been, think it hasn't been too difficult, thankfully. But you know, there was a point where we thought we should never have invested with these people in the first place. And that's it. If somebody's nervous, and you kind of push on, plow on regardless, like they're probably never going to get less nervous. Uh, you know, it's so, so that's yeah. not, that's not a good position for you to be. You don't want somebody that, that you're having to worry. You have to manage the project. You don't want to have to manage the investor as well. So mm-hmm. like one of my key messages I do kind of give to developers, like, I know you want to get the deal done. I know you just want it funded, but be really careful whose money you take kind of from them and their kind of personality and their risk appetite, but also be really careful what that money means to them. You know, if it's a thousand pounds, but that thousand pounds is their life savings, you're going to have a highly emotionally involved investor where somebody could put a hundred grand in, but if their life savings is a million pounds, it's a much smaller percentage, obviously. Um, So, you know, they probably have kind of a slightly more kind of philosophical or a less emotionally volatile approach to this stuff. Well, you would hope so anyway. So Mm. make make your, this is is about making your lives easier as well as... Yeah. yeah, totally agree. Okay, so shall we move on to a little bit of um, episode roulette? Are you, are, you in, are you in dad mode again? 
I might be in Dublin. Keeping us, keeping us in check, making sure I'm, we're I'm doing what we should be. I'm practicing. <laughs> Very good. Weeks to go. Very good. I, then I can oh yeah, Matt's learn. got a baby on the way, Helen. So he's, he's getting oh. practiced in now. See. Congratulations. I just Thank started practicing an episode. A... I'm sorry if you could hear it playing in the background. Carry on. Yes, being a father. We, 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 did, we did hear. We heard your voice in, in um, triple stereo. But, um, <laughs> no one needs that. No, too really. much Joe. Too much Joe. No, never too, too much, much Joe. Joe Hashtag too much Joe. Um, <laughs> so we've got, um, yes, we've got 33 episodes um, so far. No, hang on. No, no. 32, 32. episodes. Yeah, Amy yeah. was the last one, wasn't she? Correct. So 32 episodes. Um, and I've got... Um, yeah, I can scroll through them here. So, Helen, if you just say stop um, whenever you like. Stop. Okay. Oh, I love this I'm excited. So, this, this episode is Back to Work Blues. Oh, that's so very this, topical. So, this was actually uh, to do with, it was a January episode. It was yeah. after the Christmas New Year break. So it was that Back to Work Blues. Yes, that's yeah, 7th totally. of January date, isn't it? There's, there's going to be back to work blues now because I know a lot of people that are that've been furloughed that are having a whale of a time getting paid <laughs> to do nothing, um, and uh, yes, they're at eighty percent of what they were taking, but they're managing, they're managing quite well. Well, this is it. They're not. I think the expenses will have gone down as well because there are no nights out in the pub. There is no, well, no travel order. expenses. The shopping order's gone up because all of a sudden there's more alcohol in the basket. Let me tell you, people are spending money. They're getting spending. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so over to you, Helen. Back to work blues. Do you know, it's funny you say that. You say it's, it was on the 7th of January. My birthday is the 8th of January. So it is a really, really miserable time of year to have a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm not bitter. I was due on Christmas Day, apparently, uh, but oh, wow. I managed to delay it to, yeah, to, to an even more like depressing time, which yeah, girl. wasn't uh, spectacular. At least, at least someone wants to party on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not spectacular timing. Um, and honestly, it's like it's part of the reason I'm in Malta, right? I, I just get miserable in winter. Like I, I, I need, I need sunshine. Um, I think you're right, though. In the moment, I think it's really relevant at the moment. Um, as much as I'm working, honestly, like oh my god, I'm working. I've gone from we talked about this. I've gone from being like happily semi-retired, you know, living next to the sea in Malta. To honest, I'm not joking. I must be working 18 hours a day. But you've seen my my LinkedIn posts have been going on about 2 a.m. Not just um, that. I'm on a WhatsApp group and like, you know, I'll sort of like start to head off to sleep because I've been watching Netflix till like one in the morning. My phone goes, Bzz. I look, Helen, Helen's busy. Helen's awake. She's doing something. <laughs> Does this woman ever sleep? <laughs> she doesn't. She's a machine. Well, that might be part of the fact that I'm like, I'm in lockdown with my parents, so maybe I'm just keeping myself busy and distracted from being being in their way. God bless them. Oh, not, not really where I am. Yeah, where I envisage being for however long it's been five or six weeks right now um but actually like I'm really loving it at the moment you know like all this getting to know new people getting to understand new developers and what they do you know meeting new guys lots more people have joined the property sisters group you know I would post on LinkedIn about I don't know once a month I've done every day for like five that's unheard of for me <laughs> so this is a whole like new little adventure for me albeit it's you know mostly indoors so I do think you know there, there are some people and kind of maybe the more kind of extrovert people are desperate to get back and get out there and get back back to work but I know lots and especially my like introvert friends are absolutely loving this time so I do think it's a real you know it, it's, it is really something to, to kind of think about 
I also think this time has given a lot of people, myself included, um, kind of that, that time that we never have to actually think about like, what, what is your life? What have you created for yourself? Have mm. you created, uh, you know, another box? Or have you created, are you that step nearer that life that you want? So I know a lot of people examining some choices that they've made right now. So there yeah. might be changes afoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. I totally agree. Uh, I yeah. think I th- all of us in this call are in the middle of making changes. Massive changes. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> some, of, some of them will be um, our life changes, like El Babio, some of them, which was coming in regardless, uh, lockdown or not. Um, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, examining the why, the bigger picture. That's, uh, yeah, we, I've been doing that a lot this week, in so, fact. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's sort of forced out time, hasn't it? To just kind of take a step back and get perspective on your circumstances and think, Jesus, am I supposed, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing here? Am I on track? Is this, am I aligned with what I was doing before? And if I'm not, what the hell is next? And then think, yeah. being brave enough to think about what that is. So I think going back to work will mean, huge things for so many people right now don't you i think it's i think it's amazing to be honest that we've we've had the opportunity like helen said to take a step back and to look at the bigger picture but um so many people wouldn't have taken that opportunity the people that are sat at home on have been furloughed getting 80 percent of their salary and spending a lot of it just watching netflix or Whatever it might be, I think that's quite. I've done sad. that too, by the way. Have you? <laughs> Same, yeah. Done so. I literally smashed out an entire three seasons of Ozark like in a week. Wow. Oh, I keep hearing people talk watch about it. that. Oh, hell, you I, have literally, to watch it. it's. I've not seen anything. It's. I've got. One. I'm sat looking at seriously, so I'm not set up for doing all this kind of interviews and stuff. So my like, what my iPad on is like a stack of twelve books that I ordered <laughs> and arrived first day on Amazon. I'm like, I am going to nail because I, tr- I try and do that 52 weeks, 52 books in 52 weeks. Oh, my and I'm like, God. I am going to nail that this year. <laughs> uh, epic fail. I've, not, I've, <laughs> I've started one, I've, but I've not even finished one. Four weeks in, I've not even done one. To be poor, fair, I poor. feel like you've, you've probably written the equivalent of a few books with your social media presence. So I wouldn't <laughs> worry about it. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> do, do you have a book recommendation? Oh, yeah. We generally Ooh. like to leave our listeners with a book recommendation. Oh, I have like a zillion, a zillion. It depends where you want to take it. Actually, I did recommend a book to somebody this morning. It's not property related. People always ask me about property. I don't really read property books, if I'm Fair entirely enough. honest. No, I don't. Um, I don't but the one, it's the one I recommended when I did a podcast with Amy, actually. And I think it's really applicable for people in property, but it's not about property. Mm-hmm. And it's called Thinking in Bets by... Oh, God. Name Annie. I always forget her name. Anyway, Annie somebody. Um, Annie Duke. Yes, pulled it out. <laughs> um, and she is actually she um, trained her education as was as a psychologist. But she did. Um, but she's a world champion, like the super duper hot shot poker player. So her whole kind of life and the way she looks at this is is about kind of analyzing risks and looking at how you make decisions, particularly with asymmetric information. You can see your hand. You've no other idea what any other book has got. Right. So Mm -hmm. how do you how do you make that decision? And that's like property. You're assessing these risks. You might think, you know, yes, this deal is going to go like this. This happens. There's all these steps. There's always something that goes wrong, right? There's always a surprise. There's always 
something pops up, right? That's property. And to me, there's just such similarities. You are working all the time with asymmetric information. So how do you make those decisions? How do you take that leap? Um, so I think it's really relevant because I think risk is really kind of kind of not terribly kind of well understood. And I think that gives a really like nice insight into it and how it can be applied to property. Oh, I love that, don't you? Yeah, that's amazing. That's a good one. What a lovely analogy. Mm. Yeah. What was it called again? It was called Thinking, Thinking in Bets. Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, nice. great recommendation. That's a great Making recommendation. Making smarter we... decisions when you don't have all the facts. Subtitle. There we go. Uh, got my Kindle Google. beside me, so I'll be downloading that. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do another roulette? Yes. Okay, so. Da, da, da. Stop. I feel like oh, one of those driving instructors where you have to tap the. <laughs> Come to the hands of you. Yeah, the property jam buzzer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Maybe I could put a sound effect in afterwards. So this one is, ready? Drum roll, please. FOMO. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) This is one of my favorites as well. Excellent one. And it's really relevant to me. So FOMO episode, yeah, 19th of February this year. Well, for me, it's applicable because, you know, I live in Malta, but... All the time, my friends are going to go off to this property meet, or there's this kind of education thing, or there's this property dinner. I'm like, but me, but can I join in? Can I join in? FOMO costs me an awful lot in airfares. Oh, let me tell you, because <laughs> it gets to the day before, and they go, oh yeah, much we wear, and you got your hair done, or whatever it is, and I'm like. I can get a flight at five o'clock if you can be there by like seven o'clock. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. Um, actually, I do that very frequently. I'm like, right, I'm going. I'll be there. I'll be there. Save me space. <laughs> so, oh, that's, that's kind of awesome, that. but also really like sad. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's also God. really ironic because you would normally leave your house in Malta, jump on a plane to do this in-person network or event. And now you're currently stuck in the middle of the uk when all we can do is network virtually and online <laughs> i know exactly but it'd be so easy to go network in person it's cruel it is it is cruel but no literally i did that in january that was kind of like my last actually not my last but one of one of my last trips in january my friend was in dubai and she'd booked this amazing like villa she'd been on a course out there because we do a lot of kind of Joe Dispenza workshops and oh, yeah. kind of meditation and all that kind of stuff. And she'd messaged me because she'd gone into, off to the desert somewhere. And she's like, I've got this amazing villa. And it's like, it could house like a family of like 20, but I'm here on my own. She's like, come over, come over. Well, Malta does direct flights to Dubai and it's really close. I'm like, there's a flight at 11 o'clock. I can be there by 2 p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> oh my god that's awesome it, well, we had a scream and actually i liked dubai so much i ended up she went home and i ended up staying there for two weeks and um visiting like there's another another good property sister uh lizzie fraser who lives oh, yeah. out there so yeah so um i had a whale of a time it was fam oh, amazing that's amazing another good book recommendation that came to mind um there was breaking the habit of being yourself yeah by jay dispenser that's an amazing book totally one of oh totally one of my totally one of my faves it really it's you know it's 
you have to be ready to look at yourself you know that right. ain't always pleasant right yeah um yeah. but you have to be able to look at yourself and see what you do what is working for you what isn't working for you and kind of be brave and you know let go of that ego to go do you know what i'm going to make a different choice and honestly actually do you know what it's really i'm really glad you but it's really relevant now because obviously i'm stuck here with two septuagenarians in a bungalow in the northwest of england <laughs> he heaven i know you're thinking <laughs> you know like honestly like i'm not the most generally the most patient of people and I'd kind of been thinking, right, need to, really need to work on this. Boom, COVID, there's your opportunity. Like, I'm really, <laughs> really having to, you know, actually we all are, God bless them, they've been incredibly tolerant of me as well. Um, yeah, how's it been? Come on, let's just segue into that. How's it been moving back with mum and dad? Are you feeling like you're just regressing or are they regressing? How's it going? I have to tell you, I'm absolutely not. If you'd have said to me before this, you've got to go and live with your parents for six weeks and you can't leave the house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> kill me now <laughs> i think probably most of us would be having that response as well <laughs> like, i live on my own in malta i have no husband no kids you know like i have like a life where it, you know my highest value is autonomy i do what i want i do when it, when i want you know that's <laughs> so that would sound like prison to me but honestly <laughs> It's been brilliant. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's it's amazing. been brilliant. My, awesome. I like my mum makes all my meals. Honestly, I'm like getting spoiled rotten. My mum makes my meals. My dad puts a hot water bottle in my bed every night. If I want to run a bath, they run a bath. She oh, makes, wow. she brings me gin and tonics every day, which started out about seven o'clock. I graduated got earlier. Now they're about 4.30 in Perfect. the afternoon. So it's so about gin and tonic time. Gin, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so no, but God bless them. They've been equally as tolerant of me, which has been amazing i bet they're secretly quite loving having you home right my mum is because my dad is the biggest like joker and torment ever so he torments me like he threw a spider on me when i was in on the zoo a live spider on me when i was in the zoo <laughs> call the other day like I, you know what i've been really glad i was waiting for him to run in like in speedos or something and do something stupid oh, in the background I oh i really hope he does <laughs> before the end of this episode <laughs> No, seriously. It's probably so, the one podcast you get away with that. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, so I'm getting tormented instead of her. So no, she's very happy I'm here. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing there. So um, I think we're probably coming to the end of Aww. our time. We could do. Do you want to do one more? Oh, like can a speed we? round. Oh, please. A speed round. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> Sorry. Right, this is my highlight of my day. I love it. <laughs> well, yeah, this is when Helen turned up. Yeah, we we, we were chatting for an hour before that. <laughs> yeah, cheers for that, Joe. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, no, because we had Sunny on earlier. We had a lovely conversation with Sunny, so that was great. And now it's just got better. And the boring consistency has been you two. I mean, I see you two all the time. Yeah. <laughs> We've been uh, um, hashing out our next hashtag challenge, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, Helen, it's happening. Oh, it's going to be good. It is. No Starting spoiling. on Monday, the yeah. day that we drop this episode as well. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So, are we ready? Say stop whenever you like. It can be a beep. It can be whatever you want it to be. Boom. Boom. <laughs> okay. okay. That, that, was, that was for Ruth and Gillian Holmes. Okay. okay. Oh, yes. I get that. Yes. Boom. That's okay. favourite word. So, we've got a big boom, and I am going to give you one minute on rent to rent versus investing go 
Oh God. Um, <laughs> I've never, I've never done rent to rent. So I'm just going to stick the investing bit. I mean, rent to rent obviously actually clearly is like, it is a yield play. Um, oh my God, let's keep speaking house. Um, whereas investing, I don't know, maybe that this, this, the difference is kind of the time frame. So if you invest in stuff, maybe you're buying and you're holding it for longer. Um, whereas rent to rent is, well, it could be longer. Well, I don't know. Um, investing. I really enjoy investing. Um, hand her a spade, hand her a spade. <laughs> okay. So long and short, um, Helen knows a lot about investing, but bugger all about <laughs> That's, about that's, that's the long and short of it. Yes. No, Is there a reason why you would you consider doing a rent to rent? Um, I mean, I mean, I like to be as much you know we worked out. I'm not passive. I kind of like to be hands off. I wouldn't like to kind of manage something. Mm-hmm. Would I invest with somebody whose strategy that was? Yes, if they could put kind of a decent business plan together. Um, it's not really something I've looked at. Um, why haven't I looked at it? Maybe I'm just, it, because, it, it feels kind of in one way kind of slightly riskier. But like I say, I, maybe I've just not looked at it enough. So I, don't, I don't know enough about it to really comment. Well, I, I would suggest going and have a listening to, uh, listen to episode 23. Um, oh, okay. Of uh, Property Jam, because nice we explored that. that. Yeah, yeah. Rent to rent versus investing. Uh, but interesting, you said it's if someone came to you with a business plan, and I think that's what we touched on in the episode. Really, is that rent to rent is a business; it's not asset yeah. growth. It's not. Um, I suppose it's building the assets of the business, um, but it comes down to the. It all comes down to those lease agreements, like commercial properties. That you know, it comes down to the value of the lease at the end of the day. That's it. I think I get yeah, the procedure. Is it's exactly there that the legals that all has to be wrapped up mm. very very tightly to to ensure that kind of annuity stream of income Mm -hmm. well speaking of wrapping up um, that'll be the end of of this episode thank you so much for joining us helen Uh, it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me it'd be a big goodbye from me too then if i can speak (laughs) a goodbye from me thank you for having me it's been amazing thank you thanks helen bye jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you on, on the next, next episode, episode.